0: Hi, it's Andrea Eichmann here with the People's Patriot Project. We are here with another week of fun, amazing, interesting guests. It is the 21st of April, 2023, uh, excuse me, it's May, uh, of May 2023. And tonight our guests are BJ Mezik, Beatrice Bruno, and we have the beautiful Jen Ford with us tonight as well. We are gonna learn so much about these guests tonight and you are going to absolutely love what you hear. Before we get started, I would like you to stand, if you can, take off your hat, put your hand over your heart and join us with the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge
1: allegiance
2: to the flag of the United States of America. And to the the
1: the republic for which it
2: stands,
3: one nation,
1: nation, nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty, and justice for all.
3: Amen.
4: USA! USA! USA!
2: Here we go. We are here and we are doing it. And, uh, Um, I'm assuming I understand, uh, there's some background noise coming from, I believe it's Miss Eichmann and that's, we'll get through this, uh, but, uh, we're here. This is our Sunday night. This is where we do it. This is where we rock and roll. We share the mission, the story, and, uh, and and who knows what else we get into during this event. Um, we want to thank all those people that come on and uh share their comments uh mr daniels we see you out there brother where our hearts are with you all the time uh is here every weekend with us uh but then we've got miss bruno and is it offensive to call you miss bruno i mean you were a drill sergeant for Pete's sakes are we okay with miss bruno
3: that's fine but you can call me drill sergeant also
2: Okay, okay, drill sergeant, Bruno. That's what we'll do, because I know where I, where, how, I know what side my butter's bread right on. I say it wrong all the time. But, um, and, BJ, I want to apologize. In one of our uh, proofs, I, I, I saw a C, and there's a C in our promo in your name. So I, I do see that there's a misspelling in your name, and I apologize. That's on us. I want to make sure we know that. And uh, we'll make sure all the do Normally it's just
0: are. mispronounced. But.
2: Possibly. And Mr. Lee Williams, good to see you. I know why he's Lee, here.
4: I love Lee.
2: Lee is here because Jen Ford's here. I'm confident that is the reason. Because uh, he might have a little stalker in his background. And I'm just going to put it that way.
0: And Is that one of um, the thousands of marriage proposals that comes in daily? No. Right? Oh, wow.
4: Lee, I've oh met
0: Lee
4: before. He's awesome. I met him in Minneapolis when I came up there okay. and flew up there. So, <laughs> I actually know Lee, but yes, I have gotten probably 400 marriage proposals this
2: wow. Well, so, Lee's part of our team up here in Minnesota, and we did have Jen come up here two years ago. I can't believe it's that long already. Um, two years ago, October, um, for an event we had up here, and that's when when it the relationships were built and all the things were put into place and and it's just been kind of a, a rock star show since uh, since we've been rolling. But uh, we are very very excited uh, for this panel of uh, of participants tonight and there's a whole lot of stuff that we can talk about. Um, Jonathan is usually here um, to share the news and I haven't gotten through our our. I'll stutter one more time all the pieces to say what we have here for news or not have here for news. but um, So I normally don't do this part, but I'm going to run through it real quick. Uh, our news is uh, May is National Military Appreciation Month. Congress designated May as the National Military Appreciation Month in 1999 to ensure the nation was given the chance to publicly show their appreciation for troops and present... And present, past and present. Maybe I can learn to read and that would help. Uh, May was chosen because of it. There we go. Uh, As many individual days marked to note the military's achievements, including Loyalty Day, Victory in Europe, VE Day, uh, commemorating the ending of World War II in Europe in 1945, and Children of Fallen Patriots Day. May is also National uh, Health Awareness Month. It is a time to raise awareness and to reduce the stigma surrounding behavioral health issues, as well as highlighting the ways uh, we view mental illness and addiction can affect all of us. Um, And that is one of the reasons why we've created We Got Your Six at Six, is for people to find a place to reach out. One of the things that we have found recently is that, uh, not recently, since the beginning we started the People's Patriot Project is, a lot of times when people are, are in need or having that crisis, they just want to know someone's there to listen. Um, don't be afraid. I I'm, I am 100% Billy Badass, don't share your feelings, uh, don't commit to let people see your insides kind of person. That is me. That is who I am. Um. I have found a value in being able to be open to listen to people who are struggling with uh, emotional uh, issues, struggling with social issues, struggling with all these pieces, because the thing is we're finding is those that can't find an outlet for it are finding different ways to deal with it. And we don't need any more of our 22 in our back pocket. We need to get rid of that. Hey, Joel Grant, and I don't want to um, say your name, last name wrong. I, we've got him booked to come on to do some music for us, but Coast Guard is here, and we love having you here, brother. Um, May 21st to the 27th is National EMS Week, because in the, the People's Patriot Project, we support veterans and first responders. Uh, this week gives us a the chance to recognize their hard work in potentially fatal situations, every day. EMS Week also helps to unify and inspire the EMS workers who work so hard saving lives every day. It brings local communities and and medical professionals together to promote safety and honor, um, to honor the dedication of the ones in the front line. Um, And then lastly, but not lastly, uh, May 22nd is National Maritime Day. Uh, Created in Congress in 1933, National Maritime Day is a holiday that both honors and celebrates the Merchant Marine. What is a Merchant Marine? Think of it as this. It's an understudy to the Navy. It doesn't get first billing, but it steps in where there's a crisis and saves the day. Even when things are running smoothly, Merchant Mariners are working quietly behind the scenes to help make certain that the show goes on and that the U.S. imports and exports get where they need to get to. Today, the celebration of the National Maritime Day is extended to include the entire maritime industry and domestic waterborne commerce, as well as the brave men and women who have dedicated their lives to serving abroad in merchant marine ships uh, to celebrate these courageous Americans this May 22nd. And that's what we got for the news right now. And again, we have Miss Beatrice Bruno with the Drill Sergeant of Life. And BJ Mezik, who is one of those guys that we bring them on all the time. They don't know when to stop. And their buckets are full, and they fill other people's buckets yeah. at the same time. <laughs> and then we have the amazing Jen Ford, uh, who oh. is constantly yeah. on the go, constantly out there sharing her miss- mission in the music world. Uh, BJ Tell us Sorry. about your service and tell you what you tell us what you're getting done right now.
0: Um, well, uh, uh, my service was with the United States Army, you know, um, which up here was my drill sergeant. 1988, Fort Dix, New Jersey. Um, nothing spectacular. I mean, I, I served and did my thing and. Uh, when I got out, I tied my laces on my boots together and threw them over the closest wire and walked away clean. But now, yeah, um, I make movies and produce music, and yeah, okay, all right, I'm exciting, aren't I?
2: <laughs> no, I, I think you're playing it down a little bit, which is okay. Uh, I mean, we'll get to those pieces too. We we have a way of drawing it out, and you know what? We kind of have the ace in our sleeve right here because I think Beatrice is she knows a little bit
3: about you. As a matter of fact, I do, and I I have to give you the kind of a backstory, of Mark, on how we are even connected today. In November 2015, I received this private message on Facebook, and I read it, and it said, drill sergeant, I don't know if you remember me, and when I saw that part right there, drill sergeant, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, they found me, you know, because I was not the sweetest person back then, okay, but I was very direct to the point, I was all about training these soldiers. And when I, I read it, he said, "I've been looking for you, and I, I hope this is you. And you know, please contact me." And I did. And since, no, I think that was about November fifth, November. It was November two thousand fifteen. We have been reconnected and friends ever since. I remembered him because of his eyes. He has these startling bl- blue eyes that I never forgot. And when he sent me the um, the private message. I think I think you sent me a picture as well but I remember those Maybe. eyes when I finally saw those eyes I knew that he was the one that from back in those days he was probably one of the most squared away troops because he had served in the um what is that organization um civil our, air patrol civil oh. air patrol so he was pretty squared away you know the rest <laughs> of them I, I can't say that about because they were just <laughs> a bunch of cone heads. <laughs> but we reconnected in November of 2015 and we have been friends ever since. And it's just been wonderful just watching him grow. And yes, he is not really telling everybody about who he is right now, but he's one of the most awesome individuals that I have had the privilege of knowing. And to say that I was his drill sergeant and now calling me drill mama and all those good things, which they couldn't have called me that back then because they'd still be doing push-ups at Fort Dix, New Jersey. I'm just saying. You know, but it's just Just watching him grow and doing the things That he's doing, you know It's just, it's awesome being Connected with him, it really is And um, there's more to the story But I'll stop right there because That's who he is and he's very precious to me Well this This is amazing, so this is a connection
2: Connection, connection And this is how the whole show came To to be Uh, Jen has been in our network for a number of years now and we've, uh, featured her on, on, uh, we got your six at six and we P three radio. And, um, she said, Hey, I've got a veteran manager. Um, and he also does movies and I'm like, well, let's get BJ on. Well, then we always ask our guests, is there a musician in the world out there that you're aware of that you would like to bring on, uh, during your show. And he's like, well, it's gotta be Jen Ford. Well, of course it's gotta be Jen Ford. And then out of nowhere, BJ says, Hey, can, can I have my drill sergeant come on with us? And I'm like, (laughs) no one has ever asked this question ever. And I don't know. I didn't even know drill sergeants had friends to be honest with you.
4: I I just (laughs) want to point out, if you look in, in the background of Beatrice's, uh, you could see a schedule that she has back there. A the very oh. rigid schedule. So she still got <laughs> that real starting uh, mentality, no matter how sweet she may be right now. I I don't
0: oh, think yeah. it, uh,
4: you ever have lost that.
3: It's right yeah, there. Yeah. It's- don't
0: don't don't let <laughs> Jesus fool you.
3: <laughs> okay. Look, one thing I learned in the military is discipline. Okay, and I'm still a very disciplined person. I do my 100 pushups a day. Okay, I go on my five mile walk five days a week because this is the only body I'm going to have. And so I got that discipline from the military and I've carried it on. Look, I took some people say I was in the military. I was in the army, but the army is in me. And that's that's all there is to it. And now I'm in the Army of the Lord. So go figure.
2: Well, so, I mean, earlier I was going to ask, how did you guys meet? I mean, did did BJ really stick out as a true? I mean, how many troops do you have that data? How many troops came under your command? <laughs> Not command, but uh, under your about, training.
3: About 2,000. About, about 2,000. 2000. And, and the reason I say he was... He was one of the more disciplined ones because of the Civil Air Patrol, obviously, because they, you know, they put in these kids' minds that they are actually serving. And so when he came to the Army, to Army boot camp, he was al- he had already been served. And so when he came in, all we did was just add to his arsenal and completed his route in being a soldier. And so that was already inside of him. Yeah,
4: BJ, how long were you in the army?
0: Eight years, eight years total. Civil Air Patrol from uh, thirteen to eighteen. Um, and they, to, to expand on that, a lot of drill and ceremony, uh, military structure. Uh, uh, of course, search and rescue is the main mission for Civil Air Patrol. Uh, although now they are an actual component of the Air Force, uh, which is nice for them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so you, we learned all of that stuff. So when it came to the DNC and during basic, yeah, that was second nature. That was already there. Yeah.
3: yeah. Mark, and, and for, to further um, to your point, when BJ came in, see, many of our soldiers that we got, they were coming from Fort Living Room. And that's what we called it, Fort Living Room, <laughs> because all they had ever done was play video games and, you know, eat and look at TV and all that good stuff. BJ already had a certain amount, of, a certain level of discipline that would help him to make it through basic training more so than a lot of other folks. There was this one kid, I remember he was from um, from the Midwest. This kid, he couldn't walk from the front door of your house to your kitchen. With a a steel pot, a helmet on, and a backpack, he couldn't even walk that far because all he had ever done was just play video games. We eventually had to let him go. He did not graduate from basic training. And so because basic training was all about giving them the basics so that if they went to the battlefields of the Army, that they would be prepared to do what needed to be done. And BJ had a lot of that when he first came there. And the, the rest of the soldiers, you, you the buddies that, that he has reconnected with, you know, his battle buddies that he's reconnected with, many of them had it. Some of them didn't. Some of them didn't even grow up, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, those guys are in their 50s now, you know, but some of them did not grow up. They're still kids, you know, but BJ was one of the ones he took his mission seriously. When did you go in the military, Beatrice? I went in, um, I went to basic training March 9th, 1977. So what was that like in the seventies
4: going in as a young woman, a young African-American woman into the army? Like, what was that process like?
3: That's a real good question. Um, and, And the reason I went in, I got pregnant in my senior year of high school. My oldest girl is now 47 years old. And so my family told me that I would never be anything in life. I would never accomplish anything because I was a bad girl. And so one day I was walking in the streets of Asian, South Carolina, and I, I was at the recruiting stations Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. The first one I saw was the Air Force, and I looked at the sign, and I said, uh-uh, I'm not flying. I don't want to fly. The next one was the Navy, and I said, no, nope, I can't swim, <laughs> so might as well not. <laughs> and then the next one was the Marines, and all I could think about was Gordon Powell and Sergeant Carter. That's <laughs> all I could think about. And I said, no, they're crazy. And this tall white guy, I later found out he was a master sergeant. He came out and he said, young lady, can I help you? And I said, yes, sir. Would the army take someone like me? And he said, what's wrong with you? I said, well, I'm black, I've got a, I've got a kid, and I'm not gonna make it in life. And he said, yes, the army would take someone like you because there's nothing wrong with you. And that started my journey. Um, when I went into basic training, in March of 77, South Carolina was a very funny state to be in. And I grew up in South Carolina. Um, we, When we graduated from basic training, a, a group of us, uh, white females, black females, you know, whoever, we all went downtown, Columbia, South Carolina. And that was when we first found out what it was going to be like for females to be in the military at that time. Because as we were walking down the streets of Columbia, South Carolina, Car after car of men, male or black or white, they drove past us and they said "sluts, whores." That's what they called us, and we were in uniform. Okay, and I'm sorry if I've offended any of your audience, Mark, but that's what they said to us.
2: No, I'm not worried about offending any of our our listeners. I'm not. I I'm offended by the fact that we live in. I don't think it's isolated to America. I think it's isolated mm-hmm. into our world where if there's a way to cut someone down, there's people that feel that they have the freedom or the right to do that. And that it's, it's a disgusting piece of our society. And I, I hate it on all levels. And so, um, you know, we always run risk. We never really script any of our shows or anything. We, we don't script anything. We go live and, mm-hmm. um, I understood the potential of some pieces coming out tonight and, and I'm excited to have those conversations. And I think there's so much, so much we can learn from people like you and, and, and others. And I, I, I get scared even saying people like you, because I'm already putting a tag on it. And I, I recognize you as a, as a human being who served in the military, who is uh actually here to share a story and Amen. I'm excited about the story. Um, I want to know how I can be part of it. And then I hear the stuff that I don't want to hear. And it's important. That goes back to the conversation we were having earlier about we have to get out of our head not to have the conversations. We have to have every single conversation until everyone's not afraid to have conversations. Anymore.
3: Yes. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and I agree with that. And I, I'm glad that Jen asked the question. Um, Being in the military back in the 70s, and uh, my first duty station was Fort Knox, Kentucky, and when I got there in August of 1977, black black soldiers were told that we had to be on base in our barracks before the sun went down, because at that time, the Ku Klux Klan was really rampant in in and around Fort Knox, Kentucky, and so we had to, um, we couldn't do what many of the white soldiers could do at that time. We really could not. And even when I went to Germany, um, I went to Germany um, 79, my first time over in Germany, I was in K-Town, Kaiserslautern, Germany. And (laughs) I didn't know that the Ku Klux Klan ran over in Germany too, you know? And and there were certain places that we could not go in 79 and 80 because the Klan was over there. And so, and then uh, as far as the female thing is concerned, (laughs) we faced a rough time. We really did because there was no such thing as, yes, we all had the uniform on, but there was really no such thing as equality other than our pay was the same. That was the only equality. But we were relegated to the lesser positions because we were females and we had to fight to let people know, wait a minute, baby, (laughs) now I got just as much as you got you see, and you're not going to just push me back in the corner just because I'm a female. Okay, now if you want to push me back in the corner, you think of another reason besides that. But just know that I've got just as many brains as you you have. I've had the same training that you have and you're not going to talk to me like I'm crazy because I'm not. And so we had to fight for the right to wear that uniform. And so that, yeah, I guess you could say that's why I am the way I am right now because I had to fight to wear that uniform um I, I, and i don't talk about this much um when i was stationed over in germany the first time there was a lot of um that what they call mst now military sexual trauma there was a lot of that going on um when i was uh, this was 1980 and it was around april or may of 1980 i had a knock on my door that evening and um it was it was during the daytime it was on the weekend and I opened the door and it was this guy I knew. Um, he was a staff sergeant, E6 staff sergeant. And um, I had a part-time job working at the IOR club, which is the little, you know, the little watering hole for the troops. And um, he was one of the D- DJs. He knocked on my door and I opened it and said, Hey, how you doing? He pushed me in, had his way with me, and I never said anything for about 30 years about that. Because at that time, you were told. Females were told, do not talk about that because you're talking against your fellow soldiers. That's what we were told. See, and I I can get really passionate about that, but that's what we were really told. So there was no such thing as seeking counsel or therapy or anything like that for us as female soldiers because, well, you're in the Army now. You're wearing the uniform, and therefore you've got to take what you get. No. No. And I'm glad they brought this thing out now about MST, military sexual trauma, because there's a lot of females just like me. Like I said, it took me over 30 years to even talk about it. And the only reason I talked about it, I was at a, um, a women's conference. I was speaking at a women's conference. And that morning, I already had my, my presentation prepared. And that morning the Lord said to me, he said, no, I want you to talk about this. And he showed me, he gave me a clear vision. Of what it was. And it was that day when that guy pushed himself into my room. And I said, Lord, I I really don't want to talk about that. He said, talk about this today. And as I talked about it, y'all, there was this little old white lady sitting on the front row. And tears were streaming down her face. She was about 80-something years old. And come to find out when she was a teenager, she had been sexually assaulted by a family member. And she had never told anybody. And she was in her 80s. And so I guess you can say that this is a platform that I use to help women to get the help that they need or anybody to get the help that they need because of stuff that has happened in their lives like that, you see. So uh, as a a female in the military back in the 70s and 80s, oh, man, it it was kind of rough. And you had to you really had to work at it just to um, get the, the respect. Of being able to wear that uniform and to let them know I'm not a punk, baby. I'm not a punk at all. You know, and so, okay, I'm going to stop talking because but no. that's, that's what happens.
0: Please don't. On that I note, mean- Beatrice Bruno is available for motivational speaking at drillsergeantlife.com.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you, BJ. <laughs> I love you. And oh, it, I, it, I, it
4: happened I, to me I, and I. I love you because you shared that because it happened to so many of us. And for you to tell that story, I I think what the best thing about when veterans make a connection and they share stories about trauma or the, the obstacles that they're trying to overcome is that when you share with another veteran, then they, it's like, they see you. It's like, they say, I see you, I feel you. And it's something that not everybody can understand it's exclusive. I mean, there's there's people who experience trauma all over in all walks of life, civilian, military, whatever. But when a military member, especially because you, you were an MP, right? Were you an MP as well? No, I wasn't an MP. I was an admin. Okay. But but um, you were in the Army. You were a drill mm-hmm. sergeant. I was in the Army. And to hear that this situation is not unique to me. It makes me feel like I'm not alone. And I've been talking about it. It's a huge platform for me and I talk about it. I deal with the stress every day. I, you know, I, I this is an obstacle. This is something that's handicapped me in a lot of ways, but it also has empowered me to talk about it. And you talking about it is empowering to other women as well, because then we're like, okay, this is wrong. All those things that everybody was telling me, like, that's not a big deal, it is wrong. Mm-hmm. I knew it was wrong. They know it's wrong. And then it kind of vindicates you and sets you free to, to let some of that pressure go yeah. of the guilt that and the shame that you feel from sexual trauma. So I love you so much. And that's yeah, very and personal. To expand family.
0: on that a little bit, coming from a male soldier's perspective, also military police, Jen and I were both military police, um, for people that were not in the military that are watching, it's not a matter of just going to the military police and reporting things like this because, and I don't know how far you've gone into your story on this, Jen. I'm so sorry if I opened that up, but her situation was another military police officer. So it's in the military, you have a job, you're an MP, you're a mechanic, you're whatever, but you're all still in the army or the Navy or the air force so it's not like going to, uh, you know, the county sheriff's department reporting this incident. You're going and reporting it of your own people that are doing this. And it, it convolutes things. And exactly what uh, uh, Beatrice said. You're a soldier. You're mm-hmm. not going to dime off one of your fellow soldiers. Yeah. Uh, just not how it works. You know, this is not camaraderie. So you shut up. And a lot of people don't know that, uh, you know, men suffer the same thing as well. It's just it's not it's not as put out there because uh, for men to admit that something like that occurred, you're less a man, which we're coming out of that now. I mean, we're, we're progressing. It may not be at the rate that we want to or that we hope to, but we are progressing in where and, and Mark, when you said, you know, I'm, I'm I'm, you know, Billy Badass and I don't talk about I'm the same way. There's very few people that I'll really get into conversation with about certain things. And one of them happens to be one of the guys that I went through basic training with. We didn't see each other for 28 years. And he finally opened up on some trauma that he had that he was never able to talk to anybody about because there's that stigma that you're weak and you're not weak. You know, um, one of the things that bonded Michael Nelson, who I'm talking about, one of the things that bonded uh, Mike and I, during basic is that we lost our dads at a a very young age. I was 13 when uh, my dad died in 82 and uh, his dad died in 81. But uh, my dad was very much. Don't be afraid to cry. Don't be afraid to show emotion because it doesn't make you less a man. And in fact, scientifically, and I tell my kids this, I I tell everybody this, whether you're excited and extremely happy you cry. It's just emotion. If you're extremely sad, you cry. It's emotion. But it also is the body's way of releasing the anxiety of either being extremely happy or extremely sad. And you always feel better when you're done crying. But to go and talk to somebody that you ultimately have to be able to trust, it's not that easy. So uh, my daughter is in her senior starting her senior year as a, a psychologist and she her husband is stationed at Fort Wainwright in Alaska and uh, she wants to counsel military families and that's great and I told her I said but honey understand you're never going to fully speak to these people because you're not one of these people unless you've gone through basic and you've gone through and served whether it's combat or not combat really at that point doesn't make a whole lot of difference but you didn't serve so If I'm having an issue, I've called and spoke to mom. You know, she's called me about stuff. So it's just because we, you know, we've been there. Jen and I have discussed stuff, you know, because we've been there. So um, one of the things that Adrian and I were talking about, is there's a lot of things I don't talk about. Why? Because probably a lot of my family members are going to watch this. And there's a lot of things they just don't need to know that we went through and what happened to us that I've never spoke to them about because not that it's none of their business. I just don't want to bring them into that world. I don't want my little sister to go, Oh my God, you went through what? You know, and she, we all grew up in the VA system, veterans of foreign wars. My dad was a Vietnam veteran. So as long as I can remember, we were part of the VA and the VFW, but you still don't want, you know, your siblings, you don't want your baby sister or or your mom even to know those traumatic situations that you were in she knows almost nothing about what happened when i was a police officer because none of it's pretty oh anyway sorry now i've gone off down a wormhole
2: no i love it and these are the conversations that legitimately need to be had and the craziness bj is when you say you know they don't know um and again this is not an attack on family members and stuff like that first of all we celebrate uh, those members that are uh, support to our veterans and first responders, they're the ones that didn't ask for the mission. And we've got our veterans, our enlisted, and our and our first responders carrying the street traumas that they've dealt with on a daily back into the household. And there's very little. I think we're getting better. And, and again, I need to be put in check sometimes. Uh, and so, Beatrice, if you see a place where I'm not, hitting the mark, or Jen, I'm not hitting the mark, or even BJ, if I'm not hitting the mark right, let's have that conversation as well. But there's so many people that think I'm hiding this from my family. I'm hiding this from the people that care about me. And again, that starts a deterioration on the inside as well. And it's it's a false narrative to begin with. And then where where do you let go of it? Where do you share it? Where When do you share it? Because we don't do with our brothers and our, our cohorts, like you said, in the military. You don't do that because now that's out there and people are worried about losing their jobs. People are worried about being, you know, kicked out of the military. People are worried about not being a police officer any longer. Um, we have the conversation. I can bounce all over the place on this conversation. But um, I just need to know, BJ, you have and we, we, we're not going to get into it because you asked not to but you have a place to deliver this and talk about it right yes okay that's all i need to know and uh, and again anytime i anytime any of our listeners any of our listeners know of somebody or themselves if if you don't have a place to put those things that you need to talk about or should talk about we're not telling you to sit here and, and spill your guts and And, and just regurgitate. I mean, if that's what you need, let's get the help. Let's get the people, let's get the professionals that are there that are capable of doing that. But I can also tell you there is a network of people that are out there for you. If you don't know where that's at, please reach out. Uh, Our phone numbers are on all of our social media stuff. Um, I I can throw it up here in a minute as well. Uh, Please make the phone call, do the email I 100% promise you all the time. 100. That is our policy. It's in our. I was going to say bill of rights. It's not in our bill. We don't have a bill of rights. It's it's in our our documentation. We have. We will contact you the same day you reach out to us. It. We have it under 20 minutes now. Um, you have a need. Please make the call. Um, it might not just be your life we're saving. It might be someone else in your life it might be that piece of trauma you've brought into your family that you're not even aware of that your children your spouses um you don't know where you're you're wiping your feet unfortunately and you don't know when you're dropping that stuff off and uh we're not here to have a depressing conversation we're here to celebrate uh pre-show uh beatrice was texting me and telling. We are we celebrate stuff. That's why we have Jen around. I mean, I had her, not I had her, but we're at the we're at the American Veterans Ball last week. I could not keep up with her. She's she's bouncing around everything, <laughs> taking photo ops everywhere. She's got these sparkly white boots on. She's doing her thing, and I'm just like ah, just just enjoy watch. And I was doing my networking this too, but. I was not going to keep up with Jen Ford, but this is your service, Miss Bruno. Your service, Miss Ford, needs to be celebrated. Um, you do. You've done more than ninety-three percent of our entire society has done, and it needs to be celebrated. And I do celebrate you. Um, what I want to do is figure out and keep this dialogue going, not only from this show. But I want to keep this dialogue going so that we can be that beacon of opportunity, hope, and support for all the others. Um, BJ made it earlier. I, I don't want to expound on this, anymore, but I, I knew when I watched, not that I watched anyone be raped or not that I watched anyone, but I have seen how men have treated women in the military, and I'm disgusted by it. They're, women are sexualized. That's not the way it's supposed to be um by no means am i a champion in this world um because i'm a dumb guy as well but one of the things i didn't realize until the first year of our show when we had a young man out of texas come on our show share the military sexual trauma he experienced in the military and how many men are dealt are dealing with this and again i'm not i don't want to get into that piece but We have constantly made an effort to share that not everyone in the military is this clean-cut, all-American superhero. (laughs)
1: They're,
2: They're not all that. But there needs to be an extension of opportunity given to those who have chosen to put their blood, sweat, tears, limbs, and lives on the dotted line for the sake of giving everyone else the opportunity for the freedoms that they have in this country. And our veterans, our enlisted, and our first responders are offering that to everybody in this country, and that's why we're—that's why we do this.
0: Yeah, and you Did hope that the, the the you hope that those that have enlisted um, grew up. Uh, uh, Beatrice uh, stepped or touched on it a little bit earlier, but most of your recruits are the dredges of society. It is their last resort. Oh, I've got nothing else. I'm going to go in the military. We had a guy, and this is 1988. We had a guy that was given the option. You can go in the army or you can go to prison. It's your choice. And he chose the army. Well, this guy's a career criminal and still is because I ran his background trying to find all of my guys. So yeah, he never changed, but this is what you've got. And I understand and I absolutely appreciate these are the guys that are defending us. Cool. Great. But it doesn't change who they are at their core. So uh, this is where it gets a little controversial on the way I look at things. It's the same thing as, you know what? If you were an a-hole in life, just because you died doesn't make you an instant saint. Somebody loved you. What? And I hope Jesus loved you, but I didn't love you. And I'm not too bad. Sorry that you're gone. But somebody is, and that's cool. You know, I'll I'll be sympathetic and empathetic when it comes to that. But, you know, just because you served, hey, that's great. You did your, your time. You did your duty as far as I'm concerned, as far as my family, my father, my grandfather, as far as they're all concerned. Absolutely. And there's something to be said about that and something to be honored about that. But at the same time, a lot of these guys are the same boneheads in that they were out. So now you couple that with the trauma and the, and the <clears throat> traumatic experiences in the military. You know, we got uh, to there's, there's a balancing act that has to be done. So I'll never take away anybody being a veteran because you did it. You signed your name on the paper and you, you, you basically gave that blank check. Cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. This, understand where that 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 recruit pool is coming from, too.
2: What's on your thought, Jen? I can see the eyes and the thoughts and the what do you got going on? Well,
4: I think that um, all of what BJ is saying is true. Everything that you're saying is true. Um, I love Beatrice. I mean, we've we've been connected through BJ, um, but never have actually got to have a conversation more than just like maybe she's in the background when she's with hanging out at the beach with BJ, but. I just think that um, back to what y'all were saying about family and when I first got out of the service, I didn't even realize the trauma that I had was holding on to because Mm
1: -hmm.
4: no matter what trauma you have, the army conditions you to compartmentalize things so you can get the mission done. And so you put it away. And, and what happened was with an immense amount of stress, from being a mother, from going through a divorce, from the transition out of the service abruptly to take care of my kids and moving home and all of that happened at once. I was just trying to get the mission done. and The new mission was to take care of my kids. And the new pressure started to come in and then it was like overflowing Pandora's box. All of the, everything just came out at once and I couldn't even digest it. I didn't even know what was happening. I couldn't sleep. Uh, I was having panic attacks, I was rocking in the floor in the kitchen back and forth crying uncontrollably because of all the just it felt like the whole world was closing in on me. And I couldn't even get to a point to where I could breathe. At And some of these panic attacks. And having two small children at the time, it was like, very frightening to me that I thought I was going to lose my kids. I thought I was going crazy. And Crazy is not the same as traumatized. Thank you. You are allowed to experience all of these emotions and you need time to process them in a healthy way. And what happens is especially with sexual trauma or whatever, is that we are so brainwashed to hold on to it from the stigma that comes from promiscuity. The stigma that comes from, um, I, I remember my dad and my mom, I think they were super concerned about me going in the military because my dad was in the Marines and he said, you know, girls get a lot of problems in the Marines. And, and it is a statistic. You can get it anywhere though. Like, y'all can see my social media and I'm getting all kinds of crazy pictures, but I'm a lot more con- uh, callous than I was before. I just, you know, delete it ever But, to tell my parents when I came home uh, why I was going through all of this to start opening up about it they were in complete shock and I'm not gonna tell my kids there were five and two years old what am I gonna say mommy's just sad. no mommy had to keep it together till they went to bed and then mommy was sad. nothing The sad thing is, I think I was strong enough to know I needed help and I went and got the help. But a lot of people don't have the strength to even make that first step. And so as veterans, when we talk about it, we tell them that we have those experiences. Then they look at us as like, okay, then it's not just me. I'm not crazy. I'm not just experiencing this by myself. And we can say, you need to get this help. You need to make steps. You have to talk about this. This is what you do. And it's not perfect. The VA is totally not perfect. I'm dealing with them every single day. They drive me nuts. But you have to advocate for yourself and you have to use those strengths from the military, the internal self-starter discipline to fight for yourself now. Because this, the difference is you're fighting in a unit with people around you. Now you have to fight for your life, for your emotional sanity and your future so you can you can actually function and move on and move through the trauma. So that's what all the stuff I was thinking about. And I talk about it all the time, so I don't want to be redundant, but it is an everyday mission and it's everyday work I have to do on myself to I have to evaluate myself every day, like where am I? Oh I need to work on this day because I'm not in a good spot with this part of my life or whatever. You have to you have to work. You can't just hide it away in a closet. It's gonna stay there.
3: Yeah. And I just want to applaud you, Jen. I look you love me, I love you girl, just for just for being transparent about that. Because serving in the military it puts us at in a place where we're strong, we're tough, we're all this stuff. And we're supposed to be that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, guess what? <laughs> we're not. We're human beings, okay? Um, in my community, I'm gonna put it just like that. In my community, we don't seek out mental health help. We don't seek out therapists and stuff like that. And um, And I say that with love, to my people because we need that. I didn't realize my need for a therapist until my, my husband passed on um, August of 2018. And that's another thing that, that keeps me and BJ together because in January of 2018, he called me, he said, hey, drill mama, I want you to, um, Shelly Shelley and I want you to do our marriage, um, our wedding. And he was inviting my husband and me to Hawaii We had never been to Hawaii, and he flew us to Hawaii um, in June of 2018 to um, perform him and Shelly's marriage, and my husband was the best man, and it was just awesome. And then um, my husband passed August of 2018. But when he passed, and I called BJ and told them I think their heart was just as broken as mine was, but he came to the... um, the home going service, which I preached, by the way. OK, and I, I'm, I'm putting that into the story because. It was something that I had to do, you see, but at the same time, I was not grieving at that point. I didn't grieve until almost a full year later because I didn't know how to grieve and see we in the military, we go through a lot of stuff. And we don't even know how to put that stuff in proper perspective so that we can grieve those moments in our lives that have shifted in such a way that it's affecting our brains and our hearts. But we don't even know how to put that stuff in proper perspective because we're strong. We're tough. We're you know, we're on the one. But we need to go and get a therapist, baby, because we're breaking on the inside. And it wasn't until a year and a half, two years after my husband passed that I finally went to a therapist and just sat down and just put my stuff on the table, you see. And so if I can say anything to anybody that is watching this today or listening to it today, look, if you need help, baby, don't hold back and don't think that you got to have it all, you know, all everything is all peachy keen and hunky dory because it's not, it's not. And in order for you to be good, for you to be well, you might need to go talk to somebody. And Mark, I just want to offer my, you've got my telephone number. Put it on your list. I'm a preacher. I'll pray for you. Call me. I will pray for you. Okay. We will pray together because we have to, we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Okay. And that's what it's about being vulnerable and being vulnerable. That's not a bad thing. It really is not. Being vulnerable means that somebody can actually help you and you can actually help somebody else. And just because we served in the military, yeah, we, we some we some deep folk, cause we did serve in the military. We did some stuff. We went overseas, we went to Germany, we went to Korea, we went to Afghanistan, we went to all these different places. We did some stuff, we put on that uniform, we put on those boots, okay? But guess what? Inside of each and every one of us is a little boy or little girl that needs somebody to say, you're good. You're good. And you are loved. And you're special. And that's what we need. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I, we just want to release y'all today and just let y'all know it's okay. Go get some therapy, boom. Because if you really need it, it will help you in the long run. And your children are probably looking at you saying, well, something wrong with mama, something wrong with daddy. Go get some help so that they can say, my mom or my dad is good. Okay? So
2: that's. I love every part of this conversation. and uh, If you've watched our show on Sundays, we got your six at six. You know it comes in three stanzas, and it didn't need to fit that form today. Um, and we're not, uh, of course, we're, we're pretty much out of time already. We haven't listen to any of Jen's amazing songs. We haven't heard BJ's total story. And it, it doesn't matter. Um, the, I don't know. If anyone's watched uh, the movie Air, um, there's two pieces in it that they're talking about. And this is a movie about uh, uh, when Jordan got his signing with, with Nike. And um, they did an amazing job putting the movie together. Um, we're going to hear some about BJ here in a second. I'm confident. Um <laughs> But there's a time where there's a the character in the movie where um, he's sharing with the guys that are trying to bring Jordan in to sign with Nike. He's got the document, the transcript of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. And he goes to the dialogue in there how the whole second page of his speech isn't even existing um, in typecast or in type because... Dr. Martin Luther King, on the spot, changed the speech completely. And that there has to be a time when you're willing to listen to the outside forces and let stuff happen. And that, I mean, I'm not saying I'm Dr. Martin Luther King at all, uh, but sometimes, you know what, a format of a show is not important. What, what needs to be is the message that we're hearing through that show. and. Um, I love this conversation. I don't love that it's happened. I'm going to be honest. I don't love that we have to have these conversations. I love that we're at the spot where we can have these conversations. Um, 20 years ago, you're not having, 30 years ago, you're not having these conversations because you had to hide it. You had to suppress it. You had to bury it. You had to not acknowledge that it even existed uh, so you could function because by you are not going to ruin another human being's livelihood are you effing kidding me when did we when did that become a factor in a if you are a criminal doing criminal things you need to be held accountable for those behaviors period I don't care what rank is on your applet I don't care who you rub elbows with you need to be held accountable period
1: um, and the
0: history of, of sexual assault on women has always been, what did you do? What did you do to make that happen to you? What were you wearing that night?
2: That's
0: right. That's cultural. Absolutely. And it's our, it's part of our history, whether we like it or not. It's part of our history. And you're supposed to learn from history. So without going down that road about erasing history... You've got to learn from your history. And as long as you learn from your mistakes or learn from what's going on, we're better off for that. It's when you continue to pass that off. Oh, well, she was, you know, oh, no. here, And then not try to manipulate that to be a a crutch as well. But, yeah, 20, 30 years ago, it was, well, obviously it was your fault. You were out at midnight. You were drunk and you were wearing a miniskirt. Well, no, that's not an invite. right. So luckily it's starting to change. It's it just it's again like I said before, it's not at the pace we would like, but it is starting to and it's up to us. In our generation, I think we're all Mark, I'm not sure how old you are, but I know that we're 10 years apart starting down this line. So, and you're probably about the same age as Jen. So, it's a generational thing and we're all in the same mindset, which means it's going to continue as it
2: grows. Hopefully. I'm, I'm laughing behind my, in my brain because no one can ever tag my age and, uh, I'm actually 53 and, uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, I'm a kid. I'm a kid. I enjoy what I do and I love oh. acting like a kid. <laughs>
0: I'm all about Jay and Silent Bob and Family Guy, you know, I mean, look, look at the things I do. You can see that in the background now, you know, I mean, it's, uh, Okay, so. no. <laughs> did
4: you do all of these in the last three years, BJ? All of these movies? Is that what,
0: is that um, what you're about? Pretty much. The um, crust right here, we just wrapped on that. Um, but yeah, everything else has been in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. How many movies have you been involved in? I have 61 titles right now. Two of those are as myself. Uh, interviews, uh, so it counts in the in the thing. Actually, I guess one is because it was the same show that I did twice. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So sixty-ish projects right now, with probably another four or five waiting to to go. Excited? Do you ever? And
2: I'm not putting. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Do you ever look for veterans to fill the the roles
0: in in your movies? Depends on the film. Bloodthirst over here. Uh, a lot of veterans, a lot of veterans in that one. We, I played a, a, a militia captain, well, more like a lieutenant. Uh, so a lot of our militia guys were all prior service. Um, in fact, most of the people in these films, as I'm looking at the titles, were, were prior service. Um, so, and it's just because we come with a certain discipline. You know, you're on set. It's a 12-hour day, bare minimum. Uh, and you've got to really have a certain level of discipline to uh, get through a production day like that.
2: What got you, what, what drew you to the movie industry? What, what,
0: what were the pieces? I am a media whore. Okay. Plain and simple. <laughs> yeah. Um, four years old. At my first project, I was four years old. My brother and I did a, a medical documentary in Seattle for a local TV station and the bug bit. And when that bug bites, it bites hard. Um, <clears throat> so I did some school stuff. Um, in my teens, I worked on a couple of films in Seattle and thought, Oh, here it is. I'm, I'm the next De Niro. I'm, I'm on my way. And then I wasn't. So life happened and uh, joined the army and uh, did some radio stuff as well. Local area, morning show. Um, and just, You know, again, life happens. So when I was in uh, Nevada uh, as a police officer, we did some off-duty work for a couple of films. Kingpin was one of them. Uh, Father's Day was another one. They were all shot in Reno. And uh, uh, Ivan Reitman, uh, ghost or uh, Oh my gosh. I can't even think of it now. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, and, and a few other things one day came he was the director and uh, he said, Hey, you want to be in the film? Sure. Sounds like fun. Cool. Bring some real clothes tomorrow. I'm going to change that because it seems to be making me stammer and stutter. Um, same thing on Kingpin with, uh, um, the Fairley brothers, uh, Bobby Fairley came up and said the exact same thing. Hey, you want to be in the film? Sure. You know, Um, the nice thing was uh, working with Bill Murray on that one is uh, Bill loves his fans. And uh, but he also during set time, you don't have time to stand there and talk to people. So he would always hang out by the cops. So um, it just again, then that bug started to bite again. And uh, 2016, I got involved in the music industry a little bit more. I, I did a little bit of that before, but really got involved with uh, Doug Supernaw, who was uh, uh, a big country star in the 90s. I don't call him Daddy and Reno and Not Enough Hours in the Night uh, were some of his bigger hits. And uh, it just kind of went from there. And that's how I met Jen. We actually met through the uh, uh, TCMA, Texas Country Music Association, Um, the director, uh, Linda Wilson, Uh, she said, Hey, I want you to meet somebody. She's also a veteran. She was also an MP. And um, I think you guys had hit it off. And uh, I think we did from about moment one and uh, became very fast friends. And uh, um, that led to uh, having some original music available for film, if that's what it was going to be used for. And I never intended to get back in front of the camera, um, and uh, just a chance meeting with uh, a guy i worked with on a movie called singles back in seattle we didn't know each other then uh and he said hey what do you think about getting back in front of the camera i don't know sounds fun let's try it and that's where bloodthirst came from which is coming out in october although we shot it in 2020 uh, during the pandemic and it just steamrolled from there i mean and it all of a sudden it's and, I, and my wife's laughing at me right now because it's like, oh, baby, I'm only going to do three or four projects a year. Yeah, three or four projects a month, maybe. You know? mm-hmm. so, but, yeah, it just kind of went from there. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been a whirlwind. It's, it's great. So if you like horror movies like Saw and things like that, then, okay, you're, you're probably going to watch my stuff. But um, you're not gonna come and well i, I shouldn't say that because i've got a couple of christmas films that are coming up as well and, and in fact we're in kawaii right now scouting a location uh for one of them so one of my uh, co-stars from night of the tommy knockers is sitting right over there just flew in so and he's nice.
4: executive producer on all my new music videos coming out
0: yeah there's that yeah yeah do a lot of the production side i'm actually in post-production on a few things and um my directorial debut. I'm working on that and we're doing notes now and it's coming along very nicely as well.
2: So I want to make sure we're respecting everyone's time. Um, I mean, we've done our hour and we didn't, again, like you said, we didn't get to touch all the pieces we're going to, but there was a bigger message in there that I think is still, I don't, I don't think we're done with it, but, uh, unfortunately for time and respect and all those, uh, um, we're going to have to respectfully shelve that conversation. I I, I definitely want all of you back on another time uh, where maybe we can devil into this a little bit more. Um, BJ, I know that you had kind of a hard out, so I want to make sure that you have that opportunity to, to go when you want to. I do want to get mm-hmm. into some of Jen's music and, and hear what she's doing, where she's going, what, what plan is there, and hear about her experience last weekend at the – American veterans uh, ball. Um, and Beatrice, we'd like to hear more about the drill sergeant of life is, do we need to make any kind of adjustments at this time right now?
0: And if there's um, i I'll, want... I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and do what I need to do, but um, yeah. yeah um, basically I really wanted to make sure, I mean, you've had Jen on, I'm reversed this way. You've had Jen on, you know, and, and, and absolutely play her music, stream her music, go to Spotify. Jen Ford is the, the channel on Spotify. Play it all. It's amazing. This new album is incredible. The videos that are coming out are uh, do nothing but complement that. Um, Gold Dust Woman is probably my favorite on the album, by the way. Uh, she's just got this voice that just it gets into your soul. And then it just starts ripping it to shreds because the worst part of her music is when it gets to the end of the song. But there's more coming after that. So it's a good thing. And then I cannot speak enough and praise enough my my drill mama, uh, Beatrice Bruno, who was at the time. And uh, I don't know if Adrian forwarded you the email I sent her or not. That was the, uh, uh, I sent a, a, an article to the Army Time. Uh, with some photos and all that. So I don't know if you've got that in your email or not, but um, and it then explains and it goes into everything and, um, you know, from not quite start to finish. In fact, those original text messages are in that email. Um, but, uh, oh yeah. So if you are, if you, those that are listening or watching, if, if you need a motivation, a motivational speaker, and you need to be motivated, what better than a drill sergeant? You know, John Schneider said the exact same thing. Um, I, I I wish I'd have thought about it. I'd have sent that to you. So, I mean, even Bo Duke agrees with me on that one. But um, she's great. She's awesome. There's more to our story. Um, we will definitely come on again, hopefully. You know, Mark, if you'll have us, and we'll expand on that a little bit more. We will do it now, but it's uh there's some things that a lot of troops would never ever consider to happen with their drill sergeant so uh we'll leave that for another time but uh Absolutely. mark thank you so much for having me i appreciate it yes uh, imdb.com run my name you'll find all my projects and watch them a bunch of stuff's on to for free there's my shameless promotion spotify for jen um listen watch the videos genford.com we're going to be uploading a bunch of new stuff as well um drill mama i love you with the everything i've got I to love i love you with.
3: my soldier son god bless you enjoy yourself over there in hawaii
0: aloha <laughs> all right mahalo everyone and uh we'll be back soon thanks for coming on bj Thanks, guys we'll, we'll talk guys. soon bye
2: you bet I got uh, and I
4: just, i'm letting the dogs outside just one second
2: yeah 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 so i just uh, got uh bj's uh imdb uh profile put up into the chats and so uh, get a chance to go check him out see what he's doing um jen let's uh you ready to roll one of your songs
4: yes okay which one are you doing
2: do you, give me a second let me pull them up because i we've got a new feature on here, and that it, that's it uh and I'm the only one working tonight, so that the, I'm slow I'm slow work with me uh little wing let's do little wing
4: okay, can I talk about little wing a little bit
2: a hundred percent yes
4: okay, so this is the whole album number one is all covers of songs that I grew up on. We've already talked about this Americana radio. I named it that um, because I really felt like it was important for me to show where my influences came from and what um, music influenced me growing up as an artist. So it's a creative artistic representation because I fell into country music. I wasn't expecting to be a country artist. Um, I've always loved rock, blues, and country, and have sung all types of music. Um, Beatrice and I were both in the U.S. Army's uh, Soldiers' course in Europe, so we have that in common. And in, in that group, I was exposed to all kinds of music, Motown, jazz, classical music, everything. We did show tunes, pop music, everything. And and presenting myself as an artist at 40 plus years old and coming into the country scene, there was a lot of expectations and um, I'm going to do what I want to do, period. <laughs> so I I presented this idea to BJ and it took nine months to do, nine months to um, to get ready. We started in August, late July, August last year, and it came out April 14th. But around December is when I got the final mix for Little Wing. And in December is when my grandmother passed away. And uh, when I was putting the song together and we were doing the arrangements, something made me approach it from a totally different way than the Jimi Hendrix or Stevie Ray Vaughan version or even the Eric Clapton version. Because I wanted it to be more celebratory of the femininity. Because the whole song is about Jimi Hendrix's ideation of a female angel or whatever, you know, like the listfulness of a woman. And I started to see my grandmother really decline uh during COVID, but when I went and visit her in September, which is right when we were starting to record all of this, I knew that the end of the end was near. And um I received the final mix the day before her funeral in December and I just wept and wept and wept and wept because I feel like back to the trauma um my grandmother had a lot of trauma and things that she wasn't ready to talk about uh, she was born during the depression and and you had all of your emotions in that generation but she was a very strong woman and and had 80 acres of land um after her 40s raised cattle she grew up on a dairy farm she was completely independent and she worked well into her 80s, like full time. She was a hard working, very independent woman, a musician as well. And, um, I felt like that she really struggled with, uh, allowing herself to be free emotionally and express herself. And when the song came out, I just felt like that she's in heaven now and she's free and she's not in pain and she's not suffering in silence anymore. And, um, I love this rendition. It's so beautiful, and I'm so proud of it. And Clancy Ferguson from Louisiana is a, a young fiddle player, a mama as well, and she played on it. And um, I don't think there's another version with fiddle on it. With and There's violins, I think, on other versions, but it's so delicate and beautiful, and I'm so proud of it. And the music video came out last week for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So now you can share it. That's all I got
2: Yep, this is Jen Ford with Little Wing.
4: Thank you.
5: Walking Through the clouds With a circus mind That's running around Butterflies and zebras And moonbeams And fairy tales That's all she ever thinks about Riding with wings When I said she comes to me, the thousand spies she gives to me free. It's alright, she said, it's alright. Take anything you want from me, anything, anything. Lie on the wing Running around. Butterflies and zebras and boobies and fairy tales. It's all she ever thinks about.
2: Absolutely outstanding.
4: May Beatrice?
2: Leave? Uh, she's not here, and I so she might have dipped out for a second. I don't know. She's she's coming back. She's coming back. So, uh, she's right here. There she is. Um,
3: I hit something. I don't know what I hit, but I hit something. <laughs> uh, can I just say this? Um, my favorite type of music is country music because when I was in the band and chorus. Um, I was slated to sing Loretta Lynn's um, You're Looking at Country. There and you that go. Was, oh, yes. And I sang that thing and I have just loved her ever since. I wanted to sing with her and, and BJ was trying to see if he could get arranged, but it didn't happen. And, and she's gone on to be with the Lord now. But you're quickly becoming my next best country singer, girly, because you're the next generation of country. Okay, because country has changed its face. It, as far as I'm concerned, it's changed its face, you know. And it's it's still country, but it's it's taken on a, a different. It's shifted, it's shifted, you know. And some of it I like, and some of it, mm, you know, I like. I love what I hear from you. I really do. And that was that was absolutely beautiful, beautiful. Thank you.
4: I have a hard time listening to it because I'll cry, but I'm so happy that it turned out the way that it did. Cause Amen. I feel so proud of it and I Amen. won't ever be able to tell my grandmother how much I love her Amen. except through this. And so now everybody knows. Yeah. And I'm That's proud that, I, that I'm, I'm proud that I'm at a point in my music that I can um, feel comfortable making bold, bare statements about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I feel comfortable in my own skin and I'm able to be vulnerable and show strength at the same time. And mm-hmm. and I love that about where I'm at in life right now. Like, I'm about to be 45 years old in July.
3: And I'm like,
5: I'm doing what I want to do. And I wait until that. you
3: hit 60. I'm just saying, because I'll be 65 in January. So wait until you hit those 60s, girl. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs>
4: Hallelujah. That's
3: that. it. So, now uh,
4: BJ's in, in Hawaii And now me and
3: you gotta go to Hawaii So Yes we do Because I want to sing with you I don't know what but oh. I, I want to sing with you I, Oh I just, my goodness yeah. Oh yes. my goodness Yes, yes. That I mean, would be she,
4: awesome if we made a record together
3: Yes it would Because she's the woman in black And I'm just the black woman I'm just saying <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay
3: Okay Hey, Pinterest, Where you at I am located in Aurora, Colorado right now. Um, (laughs) Since my husband passed in 2018, I have actually been on the road. My first trip um, after he passed was down to Trinity, Texas. I was part of an RV um, community down there. We were volunteering at a a Christian conference center. Then I went out to Washington state and stayed at, at BJ's house for about six months and then came back through here, went to Virginia, um, did my assignment from the Lord in Virginia for 13 months. Came back here in September for the birth of my granddaughter, and I, I asked the Lord. I said, "Lord, can I stay for a year so I can spoil her rotten?" And He's allowed it. And I'm getting ready for my next assignment, uh, which is coming up shortly. It'll be in about September, October of this year. Yeah, yeah. How so, do you know,
4: How do you know when you get an assignment? Do you you just get an opportunity presented to you and you pray about it and then it's like, okay, this is the next thing.
3: A little bit of all of that. Um, The thing with Virginia, um, when God told me I was going to Virginia, of course I was like, I don't want to go to Virginia. I say it's human out there. Lord, I just, I don't want to go to Virginia. But he put me out there because my dad, um, my dad is 90. He'll be 90. No, he just turned 92 and he was getting ready to go into the hospital. So I had to go back and forth seeing about him. He's up in New York. And then the people that in the neighborhood that I stayed in, I had an assignment for each and every one of those people. And when it was over, God said, OK, you're done. Get ready to go. You know, so it's a lot of praying. I spent a lot of time before the Lord. Um, yeah, a lot of time before the Lord in prayer and seeking his face because I'm all about him. i, I That's the only way I can say it, Jen. I'm all about him. Now, because, you know, some everything that I do for him will last. This stuff here on the earth is going to fade away. It really is. But what I do for God, that's going to last. And that's how I live. You know, and I figure my time in the military, that was important time because it taught me to be who I am right now. The drill sergeant of life. Yeah.
4: I definitely think that the military made a huge 100 percent impact on my life now like the ability to approach a situation with confidence and come into a room where i don't know anything about the room and say what i want to say and what i mean and feeling confident about what i mean Mm
3: -hmm. because
4: because even even now i mean i'm making this face even Mm -hmm. now no offense to you mark because you've always been very respectful but people look at me as a woman and think that uh I'm going to be easy to deter from my goal. Yep. And I am not. (laughs) Come on. on. I'm going to do what I want to (laughs) do. Yeah. And I've earned the right to do that. Uh, Every woman has the right to do that, but I feel like even more so because I have lived with experiences that are equal to that of a man. And I think that I have the rights to make decisions for myself.
3: So when I say no, I mean, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I believe it's important for us as women, um, especially as women veterans, because we've been in the male, the man's army, as they called it, you know? And so we've had to come out when I first got out of the military in 92, um, I was told right in my face, well, you're not in the army anymore and you don't need to act like that. And you're not a Sergeant. And I'm like, Baby, I will always be a sergeant, okay? I will always be (laughs) army, you know? But I was belittled because of what I brought from the military, you know? And so, but now at this age, 64 going on 65, (laughs) it's like, baby, if you're going to tell me to do something, you better make sure it's from God. Because if it's not, you need to get out of my face, get to stepping, boo. Mm -hmm. Get to stepping, you know, because I am who I am. And that's all there is to it. And that's that's who we are, you know. So yeah.
2: Yeah. I see no reason not to celebrate both of you. And um that's I there's gonna be a further conversation. I'm gonna tell you that right now. This is uh there I
4: don't you love her?
2: I oh, bless your heart. I I don't use the word love very much. I that's not it's not I I feel like our society has watered that word down too much and, you know, just to throw it out, just to, you know, so I use with you, but with you doesn't fit this narrative right now. I love the person. I love the human being. I love the character of this person on, on this, on the show tonight. And, and I'm confident that is not a, a momentary thing, but that's a, a snapshot of, your life, and I appreciate everything about you, uh, Beatrice. And uh, I think it needs to be celebrated. And I think, uh, I don't know, I, I, I get crazy thoughts. Uh, they're not crazy, but they're, they're thoughts of uh, expanding and growing and building and making something miraculous, uh, which I have no control over i'm just I'm just kind of a vehicle in this whole thing, and someone's using me something's using me um, and i I just I, I hope at least the connection and and Jen's been here actually when we've made connections before uh, we we brought her up here to Minnesota and she's she got to meet two new souls uh bJ Laguette and Dom Kurz, and then turns around and goes down to Texas and starts traveling Texas with both these gentlemen uh, putting music together and again if this is what I'm meant to do is create these relationships then I'm ecstatic to do such mm-hmm. um but I think there's a bigger I think there's something bigger in all this and uh um I don't know what people's schedules are um it, it's Jonathan's in the room but uh, he's doing behind the scenes stuff tonight uh andrea I'm confident she was putting some comments on here there there's gonna be further conversations and and that's we use our post show to do that, but I also know we're running over time right now.
4: And I'm also, on no timeline, but I do want to talk about the American Veterans Ball before we get done. I don't care all right. another song. So, I'm going to save it for another
2: time. We're good. No. So let's This I want to do two things. I want to hear about uh, the Drill Sergeant of Life. Mm-hmm. And Jen, we're going to have to cut you to one song tonight. I'm sorry. That's fine. We'll, we'll do that. Uh, we'll hear about your experience at American uh, Veterans Ball. And, uh, with ramus and and those guys out there um and then we'll do uh, a little quick memorial and then uh we'll
3: we'll see where we're at at that point so can i hear about the the drill sergeant of life well i'm a, a motivational inspirational speaker i'm the author of six books um motivational christian living and um fiction Uh, My motivational titles are how to get over yourself, get out of your own way and get what you want out of life and how to get over yourself and let go of the past. Um, When my husband passed, I also wrote this little book called Chronicles of Grief, because when when he passed, I didn't realize that I was still grieving my dad, my grandfather from 1972 and uh one of the main things that happened that caused me to write this book chronicles of grief is one lady called me and she said i'm upset with you and this was two days after my husband passed she said i'm upset with you and i said why are you upset with me And she said well you didn't call me personally to tell me that he was gone and his death affected me more than it affected you and you have to understand i grew up in south carolina and so these are the <laughs> it was like i said so um What you're telling me then is that you've been sleeping with my husband for the past 27 years, four months, 10 days and nine hours. She said, no, no, no. That's not what I said. I said, that's exactly what you said. That's exactly what you said. Needless to say, we're not um, connected anymore. So and I wrote Chronicles of Grief to let people know that at some point in the grieving process, the spirit of slap will come upon your right hand and you'll want to slap somebody (laughs) because they said something stupid. And the spirit of slap will come upon that hand, <laughs> and you have to pray and say, "Lord, please don't let me slap him." Please, okay. And I had to do that many times in the process of of putting my husband to rest because people would just say stupid stuff. But I am a motivational, inspirational speaker. I speak all over the place. Just spoke with for a wonderful group, the Optimist Club here in um, Aurora. Um, mm-hmm. Um, right here in Colorado the other day. And um, that's my main thing is getting out there speaking. I'm just re- rebuilding the drill sergeant of life right now, because after my husband passed, to be honest with y'all, that took a lot out of me. It really did. Because like I said, we were married 27 years, four months, 10 days and nine hours. And that took a lot out of me. And so I'm rebuilding the Drill Sergeant of Life brand. I'm also a ghostwriter. I've written my books. Um, I have six under my name, but I've ghostwritten 10 books. And that's when I take their notes and write the book for them. I'm also an editor and I'm all over the, the writing um, atmosphere. I just, I love writing and stuff. But um, like I said, once since my husband is gone, I do a lot of traveling now and my next assignment is coming up and I'm looking forward to it because it's going to take me deeper into who I am as the drill sergeant of life. Do you know your next assignment? I do, but I'm really not talking about it yet that much because um, unfortunately, folks will, um, like Jen was saying earlier, be trying to tell you what to do, (laughs) you know, and and acting like you don't have any brains. So, you know. I, I'm not letting it out too much, but um, let's just say it will be in the southeast. I'll put it like that. It'll, it'll be in the southeast. and can I, um,
4: can I say something about the spirit of slap? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> First of all, I need, a, I need a shirt, I think, that says uh, don't conjure the spirit of slap or something Come
3: on. like that.
4: Come on. I, I love that. There <laughs> um, you yeah. But I will say, like, because uh, we've been through a lot of grieving through COVID. My, both of my grandmothers passed, and my husband's grandmother passed, and my favorite aunt passed, all in the span of the last twenty-four months.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So what what's crazy is that everybody experiences grief on different levels in the family or friends wise, and everybody feels like they have ownership over everyone else's grief and. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so bad in my family, but I hate when I see the cattiness that comes out after a loved one has passed. Mm
6: -hmm. It's like,
4: you do not own how I relate to this experience. This is my experience. These are the things that I cherish or am traumatized about or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is how I feel. And this is, I own how I feel.
3: Mm -hmm. And
4: so don't get mad at me for feeling this way.
3: Thank you. That Thank you. so
4: ridiculous.
3: Thank you. The best person that helped me through grieving was a, a, a female pastor. She and her husband passed their church. She came to the house um, the day after, I believe it was, it might have been two days after my husband passed, and she sat and said nothing. She said, I just want you to know I'm here for you. And that helped me more than anything else because I was grieving and I I had to do my rants and, you know, and all this stuff. And she said, I just, I'm just here for you. Yeah. You know, and that helped immensely. It really did. Sometimes you just need somebody to just be present. That's all. That's all. And
4: so you can work through the trash.
3: Yes. Yes.
4: Of that. Yes. Because everything comes out and you can't, Categorize it or process it. Yeah. Some of it's horrible, some of it's ugly, some of it's
3: mm-hmm.
4: anger, all of those different stages that come with grief. And mm-hmm. it all just comes out whenever mm-hmm. it comes out. And yeah. if you have somebody who's just willing to say, i like Mark says, with you, I'm with mm-hmm. you in this.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to let you drown. I, I'm exactly. here if you need me to grab you. If my hand is here, if you're drowning, grab my hand. Amen. If you're not drowning, and you're standing, you're waiting in it, and you want to just wait out there and see how deep you can go. I'll be here on the shore. That's right. Waiting for you right. to call for help. Yeah. Right here. And that that processes into everything mm-hmm. so much. Like you don't always have to have an opinion about how I'm feeling right now.
3: No. And please don't tell somebody, I know exactly what you're feeling. No, you don't. You didn't sleep with my husband. You don't know how my children feel. No, you're lying to yourself. Stop saying all that mess. You don't know how I feel right now. Just shut up. You know, and let me grieve. Let me come to let me come to terms with this thing that has happened. You know. And that's that's grief. Grief is something that we really need to understand so that we can really help people. And it's not by spouting a whole bunch of, w- of words. It's just not
4: I think that one of the greatest signs of love from my children who are sixteen and or sixteen and nineteen
1: mm-hmm.
4: was for them just to show up and i mean they they knew my grandmother, but they were just there and able to like do what I needed them to do. I was like, yeah. please get dressed and get yeah. ready and get in the car and yeah. I was expecting that I was going to have to corral and scream and holler and because and they acted. And they did what I asked them to do. Mm-hmm. And that was one less worry I had to I had to take on. Because I, yeah. I could barely take care of myself. Amen. That's it. That's it. Yep. Just don't make my day any more difficult than it already
3: is. Exactly. Amen.
2: I don't Amen. think people understand that less is more 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And... I'll tell you where with you came from. With you came uh, from when my mother passed. Uh, she, we found out in December she had cancer. Um, they said they got it. We found out in February uh, she had cancer again. That fast and and she was gone. You know, two weeks later, and. My father, when he passed, he was in a, a car accident, had some, whatever. Um, I realized during their passing and during their, that, because a lot of people will say, well, sorry for your loss. And I'm like, thank God they went the way they did as quick as they did. Because mm-hmm. my father was sitting in the, he suffered for over a month in, with, on a respirator and mm-hmm. would never be able to breathe on his own again. And he, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm a selfish SOB for, for making those statements because sometimes saying sorry for your life, and I get, I understand. And it's like, it's kind of like the thank you for your service. I know a lot of people get butt hurt over hearing thank you for your service and receive it with grace and move on. But with you helps me because I don't know what your experiences are. You, you, maybe. You've mm-hmm. been abused by this person your entire life, and you're saying sorry for your life, and they're like, "I'm, I'm doing a jig behind the eyeballs here." This is mm-hmm. be sensitive to other people's needs for once. And I think that's kind of, I think somewhere along the line, someone heard that being a champion is being above everyone and making sure we're pushing people down. Gosh, I know because of our mission, I know that the greatest experiences are when I get to experience it with others on a common thread on a, on a common level. And I, I enjoy those times more than when I'm by myself and don't get to experience it with others. So Mm -hmm. remove yourself for a moment and just say, you know what, let them deal with stuff the way they need to deal with it. And Mm -hmm. don't offer your advice because you don't freaking know a thing about how intimate that relationship was or was not, or this is what I now. If people ask for advice, that's another, that's another piece altogether. What would you do in this situation? Okay. Well, this is what I would do. I don't know if that fits your narrative, but selfless. That's what this is. Be selfless and um, hold each other up. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone's got one of these and this is the perfect time to talk about it. We do a six pack every week, reach out to six people in your contact list and say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Um, I know that everyone who feels wanted will reconsider some of the stinking thinking that they got in their brains. You have the chance to save someone's life tonight by reaching out to them. And if you think that they were one of the strongest people in your life and world, and they were the leader, reach out because they're the ones that are carrying some of the largest and heaviest burdens. Um, Yes, we support veterans and first responders and we would like us to make sure that we're taking care of our brothers and sisters in arms. Uh, But we extend this to everyone in your network. Um, Reach out to someone. And again, it takes six seconds to send a text saying, I'm thinking about you, how are you doing? Please don't look lightly on this. You have the chance to save someone's life today. Uh, it might be that text that says, oh, man, Mark is thinking about me. And that's important. That's, good. that's what we do. That's our buddy checks. Um, again, I'm so excited, Beatrice, in having you in our network and having you. Um, we're going to have you on again. I, I actually want to put some stuff on your plate, but we'll talk about that at another moment. Jen. Go ahead, brag yourself. Let's go. Let's talk about it. All what got? Right
5: I got an award last week?
4: Uh so did you. Okay, so Beatrice, you might have seen other broadcasts, but about eight weeks ago, six weeks ago, no, I think it was April fourteenth. Or I don't know, first or second week of April. They brought me on the show because um, I was going to talk about my new album and release music. And I think I actually released something on here before I released it to radio. Okay. And they had Ozzy Ramos and Sh- Is it Shahid? Yep. Um, from the American Veterans Ball on. And my friend C.W. Wooten, who I just met at the Texas Regional Radio Awards, who was in Colorado uh,
2: close to Beatrice.
4: Yes. He's an amazing country singer. You need to go see him. CW. I'll send you his information. Okay. Anyway, so they had us on and very organic, the conversation, you never really know where it's going to go. We talk about who, who we are, whatever. And and it's always a different panel. And I love doing it because I get to meet a lot of really cool people. And I'm probably on here about once a month just cause, Mm -hmm. and I love it. So, Ozzy and Shaheed were on there and they were talking about the American Veterans Ball and I didn't even know this existed and it's been around for six years. Yeah. And so they basically huh. invited me, Mark, and CW to go and I was like, I would love to go to a ball. And I'm sure you did about 150 balls a year that while you were in Germany for the mm-hmm. soldiers course. I mm-hmm. did and mm-hmm. I took it for granted because I haven't it's been 15 years since I've been to something that ornate or, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. And it was no big deal back in the day, but I was like, I would love to go and just experience, you know, the color guard and just the camaraderie that comes with that. And it was going to be in DC at the um, Gaylord convention center, which is beautiful. And they invited us. And I said, if you, I will get a ticket. I will buy my plane ticket. If you can get me into the ball, I will come. And I talked to my husband, and he was like, "Yeah, he couldn't go." But anyway, so I canceled the show. I didn't care. I had to get back in time for another show the next day, so I had to a red eye flight. Like, where it was not really a red eye, but I had to get up super early in the morning. I was up at like at three thirty, getting on the plane at five thirty. Oh. And I told, I asked Ozzy like what's the attire? And he was like, it's formal. And I was like, oh God, I don't want to wear a dress. Like I cannot, I can't fit into my dress blues. I'm not even really sure where they are. They're somewhere. I don't want to have to put all that together. I'm not doing that. But uh, I definitely wasn't going to wear a ball gown because I'm past that stage in my life where uh, I will put on, I feel like, I feel like I. yes, that's the outfit.
3: Oh my goodness. Cool.
4: It's a jumpsuit with sparkles all over it and sparkly boots. Okay, and, uh, I'm pretty sure that all the women there were pretty jealous because they were wearing these Disney <laughs> dresses, <laughs> big, huge ball gowns. And I Amen. showed up straight up Texas style. I do what I want. And I had a ball and we were just there making connections with people. Mark was there. He was dressed to the nines as well. And we got there and we went to the social hour and People started coming up, talking to us from all over the place. We got to meet um, a bunch of uh, ladies, veteran ladies that were pageant um, winners that had their sashes on. And they were being honored for different things. They've accomplished super beautiful women in, in their beautiful, gorgeous dresses. And they were coming and taking pictures with us. And, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this is amazing. And they had all these cool booths and all of these like... It was just, so, it was so much fun. And there was about a thousand people there and Ozzy came over and said hello to us. But of course he had all of those other people and we sat down at the table and we drank and we socialized and we were having fun and eating the tiny little plates of gourmet food. And they would bring out the next course, just like they did. It was, it was all a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. I was drinking whiskey in full Jen Ford style while everybody else was drinking champagne. Like, oh. Can I get... Can I get some Johnny Walker? Can I get some Jimmy? <laughs> but, but I was just, it was, I was just honored to be there Amen. and see them come in with the flags and the national anthem. And then the voices of service were there um, and they were singing. Have you heard of voices of service? I have. Yeah. Okay. They were on America's got talent and they yeah, performed. Yeah. And then Dave Bray USA performed and he was a Navy uh, entertainer, mm-hmm. but he's, he's um uh, He's out now and he does a lot of veteran uh, events. And so I just felt like super nostalgic about everything. And I was having a ball. And then they got up there and said they were going to honor some people, 22 soldiers or 22 veterans. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. And the third name they called is my name.
3: Oh, my goodness. And I almost
4: like started bawling. And then they called Mark. And then they called Adam, my other friend that was there. and. I just cannot believe that this happened because I've been recognized by local um, VFWs before, the friends that I know that like have brought me a certificate. I've been presented with a flag before, and I performed at veteran events a lot. But to me, the award says, uh, "Saluting our veterans: The American Veterans Ball, where passion meets purpose." Award. Hmm presented to Jen Ford in appreciation of your shining light, relentless, patriotic service, and unwavering support to our veteran community Mm
1: -hmm.
4: at the 6th Annual um, Salute to the American Veterans Ball. And I was just like, this is like, it means so much to me because I feel as a woman, a lot of times people forget I talk about it freely and openly all the time. I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran. Mm -hmm. I'm a veteran. Mm Because I want people to know that this is a huge part of who I am yeah. and I may not be perfect and I still got my issues and and I can't go out and fight and serve the country that way but I still have a heart of service
3: amen and amen. my biggest
4: um, my biggest thing is to take my music and be able to to say look there is a light there is a other there's an there is another way to Mm -hmm. express yourself. There is a after to whatever trauma you've experienced or, or an Mm -hmm. after just to the transition. You can make a transition and still own the fact that you spent the time in the service. You're both, you're both Mm -hmm. of those things. And that's the biggest message that I try to give is like, do not. um, And I'm probably just saying it to myself, but other people hear it and are able Mm -hmm. to recognize it and And I hope I'm reaching other people and saying, like, don't ever, like, feel like you have to
3: be one or the other. You're both. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's good. Congratulations. That's awesome. That is Congratulations to both of you. I was, I
4: was speechless. I didn't know it was coming. No.
3: That's awesome. It was awesome. Then I drank more whiskey. (laughs) Truth. Truth. Wow. Wow. You guys
2: are champions. You're a blessing. Again, I, I, I've i been fed more than I... We get fed every week on this show somehow, some way. And But I, I'm i inspired. Um, and again, inspired to be a better person because of, of who both of you guys represent and what you represent. So thank you for everything. Um, we do have to take care of some quick business with uh, the People's Patriot Project. Uh, if you have and... Jonathan, you're in the behind the scenes here. I, I for some reason, it's not allowing me to put the hashtags in, but uh, this next Saturday, um, we have the awesome opportunity to be in Capel, Texas uh, for an event. A bunch of uh, musicians came to us and said, Hey, we would like to take care of you. And now I've got issues going on with my computer altogether now. So, um, Oh my gosh she's so i don't know what you're doing Jeff. what are you <laughs> i was i
4: was yawning i'm sorry
2: um <laughs> that was cute that was cute jonathan it's not let me load uh graphics now either so if you can toggle the uh event poster for may 27th uh i'll tell you everyone where it's at uh this is the deal we are going to be down in capel texas we've got six veterans six Six veteran performers coming down. Uh, Johnny Cole Murdoch, uh, the uh, James Dooley band, the uh, Holly Ann, uh, mm-hmm. Tammy Joe. And I know I'm missing one and it sucks because I'm not able Chad to Hutto. get into it. What's that?
4: Chad Hutto.
2: Chad Hutto, uh, who is a comedian and is going to be the MC. Um, we these artists came together and said, we want to do someone for the people's pager project. I just found out that they want, of course, this is nice, but I, I will be boots on the ground down in, uh, um, in Texas for this event. Uh, that wasn't the plan originally. Uh, so we are going to be down there. Um, there are tickets online. Uh, sorry to give you all these chores to do Jonathan, but if you can uh, put those up there real quick, um i don't know why it's not letting me do graphics right now this is really frustrating me
4: i can see the graph Mm -hmm. you
2: can yeah oh i'm not even seeing okay fair enough life's life if it's on there it's on there great i'm not seeing it Let's. i probably need to do a restart it's got
4: the the qr code up right now Mm -hmm.
2: very nice very nice thanks um i don't know what the glitch is and that's fine we'll we'll check it out another time but uh So this is what we get to do this weekend. We get to go down to Texas and be part of a new shock and awe event. Um, And that's part of the pieces that we want to get across the country and do more of these with veterans and first responders. We've had events with Jen. We're going to have events with Jen uh, and keep pounding the dirt, man, until we lessen. I'd like to be novel enough to say that we get rid of the number 22 altogether. I suppose if we, save one every day, that's uh, 21. So we do change 22, but uh, that number is 17 to 75. And uh, in our world of first responders, we actually don't uh, get to see the correct data because there's nothing tracking our first responders that are committing suicide right now other than they're part of the population. And so 600 first responder calls a year, 30 million, I said 600 million, 30 million first responders. You tell me the math. Is that adding Um, And you know what? It, it's a whole process. I mean, it's kind of the conversations we were having with uh, Miss Bruno and Miss Ford, and the fact that we got doo-doos in the world and they really ruin the whole thing for the rest of us. Sure. And, uh, when we can lessen the the first responder calls, when we can lessen the number of first responder and veteran suicides, when we can lessen the trauma uh, that we put on each other, um, we'll be able to stand a little bit more up straight, up more mm-hmm. upstanding. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot more. We're going to have conversations. So, um so and I again I don't like this. Uh the last we do are gonna do a, a quick memorial and we'll end on um a song by Mr. Uh Doc Todd. Uh we lost Doc Todd. Uh hopefully it will come up now. No. Nope. Can you guys see the graphic?
4: Yeah. yeah.
2: So I cannot, which is uh we lost Doc Todd this last week. He was a, a Corman. Uh, in the Marines and also uh, a musician in, in the world over in California. Um, he has, his unit has posted uh, services. Uh, we will put those up on the, uh, the chat, hopefully. Um, if you can see it in there, um, John, that'd be great if you can put those up. Um, but this will be our closing um with mr Doc cod and um he has an amazing song called brother's keeper Amen. and um he uh, our hearts go out to his family uh we are with you uh, and this is how we support those and remember we if you ever have anyone you'd like to memorialize during the show let us know we do it regularly uh we will always remember but remember it's not enough. That's our, one of our mottos. So uh, hang in there. We're with you and uh, we will see you. Um, I don't want to see Andrea always does such a great job and Jonathan does a great job too. Our guest next week is Bob Adams with swords and deals and an amazing Patriot player, Jim Anthony, uh, former Nashville performer uh, actually lives in Minnesota now. We'll be on our show next Sunday at We got Your 6 at 6. You can see what the People's Pager Project is doing uh, every Monday at 4.30 when we do our weekly debrief. And, uh, Jen, you got anything in closing?
4: Love you guys.
2: You're amazing. Love everybody.
4: Be nice. Be nice to each other. (laughs) Amen.
3: Amen. Amen. Miss Bruno, anything in closing? Hey, God bless y'all. Get some help. If you need help, get some help, and we are here for you. God bless y'all.
2: Um, and in closing, this is Doc Todd with Brothers Keepers. Well, and sadly, I may not be able to play it. Uh, we've got some goofy stuff going on, So, and Jonathan doesn't have access to this. So mm-hmm.
6: We not from the same womb, but our family share tunes Till holler in June, from the dark side of the moon we miss you, yeah And your memory we keep, we see you, even though we fast asleep Mortified boom, Taliban costume, stretch dope on the spoon For the bride and the groom, yeah I feel you, and your heart is in me Yeah I love you, we pour it out on these streets. the streets, position trippin' Lost sight of the mission submission Yeah we gifted, my last breath gripping Clinching on the handle, cock my 40 I wish for peace but still fight for glory That's the truth and it's my story I'm sticking to it, like I super glued it War roll call, hang hey, you bitches truant. Please let me do it, I put an arrow through it Death I speak it flowing, I'm even teaching students Blood in the streets We pay the price to be elite Unholy feeling weak from here to Mozambique, we practice what we preach Yellow brick road, not get along Ride from buzz like a tap song I've been right, been wrong Been weak, I've been strong I've been short, been long Write scripts and sing songs Prayers before dawn For my brothers that are corn. We not from the same womb But our family share tunes Till my holler in June From the dark side of the moon we miss you, yeah And your memory we keep, we see you Even though we fast asleep Waterfall boom, Taliban costume, fresh dope on the spoon. For the bride and the groom, yeah I feel you. And your heart is in me, yeah I love you. We pour it out on these streets. Got my law degree in the armory, St. Harmony, varsity in Germany, Pittsburgh, and D. there was urgency concerning me, yeah. And he burdened me to set me free, put my soul at ease, and then just let me be And like those peaks and valleys, want valley to lead the alley Meet my brothers in the galley with rally, count rounds and then An enemy so savvy, intent to rally, fire fight finale, pour a pint for my motherfuckin' ladies Shots to the chest, resurrected and blessed, my squad to protect I love my brethren to death, ain't no need for me to flex. It's the chapter that's next. The one with the stretch, where I'm signing a check. The one with the X, forgiving all I had left. Spitting truth every breath. For the man who can't rest, cause it just missed the fifth. We not from the same wound, but our family share tombs. Till I holler in June. From the dark side of the moon, we miss you, yeah. And your memory we keep, we see you, even though we fast asleep boom, Taliban costume, Stress dope on the spoon for the bride and the groom. Yeah, I feel you, and your heart is in me. Yeah, I love you. We pour it out on these streets.
2: Jen, we're still alive, just so you know. (laughs) Jonathan, can you shut it down? Because it's not, I can't do anything.